everyone. Welcome to the Brainstorming with Da Vinci podcast, where we'll discuss how to amp up team collaboration and generate great ideas. My name is Eric Bowe. I'm a veteran of leading over 1,000 brainstorming sessions. Over the years, I have run sessions for many clients, including Jeep, Aldi, Pure Michigan, and Shell Oil. Bottom line, I'm a guy who's passionate about leading teams to generate big ideas. My goal for this podcast is super simple. Share stories of best practices on how to maximize team collaboration and creativity. Before I begin this episode, I would like to cover a few housekeeping items. In the podcast, I'll share stories and discuss different methods that will give you a glimpse into the Da Vinci approach. If you want to immerse yourself in the approach, check out my book, Brainstorming with Da Vinci, on Amazon. The book is your ultimate guide to leading a successful brainstorming session. I also offer training to become proficient in the Da Vinci approach. To learn more, go to brainstormingwithdavinci.com for details. That's it for the intro. Let's get on with the episode. All right, let's talk about rudderless brainstorming. A while back, I was a guest on a podcast, and one of the questions I was asked was, well, how would you define bad brainstorming? And the metaphor I used was rudderless boat brainstorming. And then let me explain what this means with a, a short story. About 15 years ago, I started at an ad agency. And I was talking with a fellow strategist, and the topic of brainstorming came up. And she disclosed that what they did every Friday was brainstorming. I went, well, that's pretty cool. She goes, yeah, we get in a room, bring in food, and get people together. And for about an hour or so, we brainstorm on various topics. And I go, wow, that's pretty cool. Then I asked her, it seems like you generate a lot of ideas. And she goes, oh, yeah, we, we generate many. I go, well, what do you do with them all? She thought for a second and then just replied, honestly, I don't think we've done anything with them. This is part of the problem with bad brainstorming, that you don't have something defined. You don't have a North Star, an objective, while you're in the room. You may have a theme. You may have a reason to get together. But if you don't have that objective that is meaningful to the organization, you will have rudderless brainstorming that is not only frustrating for team members, but actually is a waste of time. There's three different scenarios I'm going to talk about with rudderless brainstorming. The first one is brainstorming without a defined objective. A while back, I was actually brainstorming on the Ford Flex when it was introduced. And the type of brainstorming we were doing was coming up with ideas that were experiential ideas or digital ideas. Normally, we don't begin brainstorming until there's a brand campaign because otherwise there's no wrong answer. However, Based on our timelines, we were hitting a wall. So I was told, we know you would like to have a campaign, but you got to start the brainstorming now. Otherwise, they're going to get way behind. So I reluctantly did this. And for about a week, we brainstormed and just generated a lot of ideas. There were many, many different ideas, and some were really way out there. At one point, we were discussing karaoke basket weaving. Yep, that's right. After a while, we just had to shut it down because it was a waste of time, many, many hours. We ended up postponing brainstorming until a brand campaign was created. Then we went back into brainstorming and used that as the North Star. The second scenario you may run into is what I call a subjective objective. And I know that sounds oxymoronic, but follow me for a second here. 
Last year, I was called in to lead a session, and the goal was to find a name for a new restaurant. Whenever you name something, this could be very precarious because it is a highly subjective exercise. Normally, the key stakeholders or stakeholders, the one that decides it, and in this case, it was the owner of the restaurant. And there was about eight people in the room. So what I tried to do up front was create some objectivity so that when we came up with names, when we did the naming exercise, there was at least a grounding point, sort of a sandbox that we could operate it. So what I did is, this was a fast casual restaurant idea, is I sort of walked through the different types of personas or consumer targets that go to fast casual restaurants like Panero, Five Guys, things like that. And we used these targets as sort of creating that North Star that we could actually bounce things against to say, okay, would this name appeal to these people that we're trying to attract? Now, I'd like to tell you this turned out well. And actually, to be honest with you, the target discussion went very well. And we talked about how to attract them. We talked about different experiences the restaurant should have so that it was differentiated from the competition. So that part went really well. It sort of went downhill when we started talking about the name. At one point, it got so out of hand that we had people looking for synonyms in a thesaurus. We had people looking in Urban Dictionary. And people were just throwing names out, which isn't a bad idea. But after about an hour, it could get very frustrating. Luckily, we did actually land on a name. And it came from Urban Dictionary, which is somewhat surprising, but it worked out very well. So that's the second scenario, the subjective objective. The third one is sometimes you define an objective, but participants want to take it to a different objective than really what you're there to brainstorm on. An example of this is when I was working on Pure Michigan, and we were doing um, travel brainstorming on how to attract different targets to Michigan as opposed to the surrounding states. One of the brainstorming sessions was for golf. And the goal is to drive travel. So we met up at Treetops Resort, which is in Gaylord, Michigan. A lot of people who work in the golf industry around the state of Michigan showed up and, and we did a brainstorming session. And quickly, like 30 minutes in, we shifted from the objective of driving golf travel to Michigan to fixing golf and how it doesn't appeal to millennials, to younger people, and that honestly golf is just going to fade away and it's going to die. It got really pessimistic. We had to call a timeout, and I had to right-size the whole brainstorming session to say, look, we're here to drive travel, and to be quite honest with you, you do not have enough time or money to solve the bigger golf problem. But we can generate ideas for people who golf to choose Michigan over a different destination. After that, the brainstorming actually went very well once we right-sized it and got it out of the bigger problem the objective that was not a part of the session. So those are the three different scenarios you may run into. No objective, the subjective objective, and then the, I'll call it the objective shift, where you're going with a defined objective, but the group decides they want to brainstorm on something else. Okay, let me take a moment and talk about how to avoid rudderless brainstorming. In the Da Vinci approach, the first method I go through with everybody is called the North Star. And the North Star is, metaphorically, everybody gets it, it's the objective of why you're brainstorming in the first place. There's several things with this objective you should make sure you do. Number one, make sure you have buy-off 
of the objective by key stakeholders so that when ideas come out of it, they understand, yes, this is what the ideas are meant to do. And also it helps in selling and implementation. Sometimes you will get a difference of opinion on why the team is getting together to brainstorm. It is critical you get consensus or agreement on what the objective is. And this may require getting key stakeholders in the room and doing a short session to define the objective ahead of time. Another key aspect of the North Star and the Da Vinci approach is measurability. Make sure whenever possible, the objective can be measured. Let me give you an example of this. Let's say the objective within an HR department or within an organization is to improve employee morale. You could get people together and you could brainstorm on many different ways to improve employee morale. But two things happen is A, you're going to end up with a lot of ideas and it could get a little rudderless because you don't really know how much you're trying to improve it by. So you need to determine how are you going to measure it and then how much do you want to improve it. For example, you can measure employee morale or satisfaction with a survey. And let's say, just for the sake of argument, you did a benchmark survey. Let's just say the morale score was 65%. So you could go into the brainstorming session and say, okay, we are at 65. Our goal is to improve it by 10 percentage points to 75. This increase, this impact is what you use then to test ideas, to challenge ideas. So as a team throws out an idea, you can easily go, hey, all right, what does everybody think? How much would this actually increase our employee morale? And sometimes you'll come back and people say, well, I don't think it's going to do all that much. What you want to do, though, is not just abandon that idea, but before you move on, challenge the idea. Go, hey, is there a way we could do this so that we can evolve this idea so it has a bigger impact? This gives you an idea how measurement can work very well, not only to come up with ideas, but even to challenge ideas to make them better. I give you an example of employee morale here. Um, I've done this with customer loyalty. I've done this with even in the academic field in improving grades. So this idea of an objective and measurability is critical and whenever possible, you should do it. So in conclusion, avoiding the rudderless boat comes down to really two things. One is defining the North Star upfront and getting buy-off. And secondly, whenever possible, make it measurable. Well, that wraps up this episode. First off, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to subscribe to future episodes on your favorite podcast service like iTunes, Anchor, or Google. Also, if you haven't already, pick up a copy of Brainstorming with DaVinci on Amazon. If you are interested in training on the DaVinci approach, go to brainstormingwithdavinci.com for details or reach out to me on LinkedIn. That's it for now. Until next time, this is Eric Bowe on the Brainstorming with DaVinci podcast. Later, everyone.